record right away. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh my gosh. Love her. Sarah is amazing. I love her. I so hard. It would be because like seriously, Para just comes in hot with like the epic. She's like a magnet for just wonderful, genuine, heartfelt people. She is. And here we are talking about her again. <laughs> it's the secret power episode. Yeah, this is. I have to put Sarah Hashim slash Jessica Parra, or noticeable mention Jessica Parra. <laughs> totally. So, welcome yes. to episode. Oh, shit. <laughs> What? Damnation. I'm usually good with knowing which one it is. <laughs> Hold the phone. I'm logging into YouTube because that's the only way I know what episode ah. we're up to. Because <laughs> on YouTube, I do number. Okay, so last one. Do we count the bonus episode? Yeah, we count it. So yeah. that's like yeah. 17. Apparently, I'm intrigued. <laughs> Welcome to episode 18. 18. Of, of the publishing persuasion. I am here with my absolutely radiant braid queen, the Angela Montoya. My darling Angela, how are you? I am very good today. Melanie, thank you for asking. Thank you, I appreciate that. I'm doing good. It's a rainy day here in Northern California, which always makes me happy because we don't have a we don't get a lot of rains. I was gonna so. say, is that rare? Is that a, it's like yeah. not a rainy place? No, it's not. Like we should be, but we are just like in a historical drought type situation. So like anytime we like a drop of rain comes, we celebrate. Um, so yeah, um, there's just a little uh, Northern California. Uh, no, I grew up in Melbourne in a drought time. Like we had water restrictions as long as I could remember as a kid like you like couldn't water the grass everything was always yellow and brown yeah, so then yeah. as an yeah. adult now when everything's green I'm always just like oh green and I just I know it's so it pretty yeah. yeah we have a our slogan in California is keep it golden is that right yeah so we keep it golden our hills are golden in California they're not dead they're golden I needed clarification for what you meant by keep it golden <laughs> <laughs> what what else could it mean Melanie I do not know Angela what it could possibly else mean <laughs> I would surely not be in the gutter this early in the morning <laughs> but that would fit too here in California that would all fit oh my gosh how <laughs> we're like the um we're like the Byron Bay of, you know, the world on this gotcha. side. Gotcha. <laughs> I see. And so I am concerned about two <laughs> things. One, that you told me you're watching a show called Byron Bays. Byron Bays, baby. Yes. And number two concern is that you said that you're starting to understand Australians more by watching this. I am concerned. Yeah. No, I am concerned. I am concerned <laughs> about you Aussies over there. With After watching Byron Bay's, I mean, it is, it is amazing. It is a fantastic show. 
I am so like, I need to go watch it now because I hadn't even heard of it till you mentioned it. Is it on Netflix? Yeah, yeah. It's like a Netflix original um, and it just follows these influencers that live in Byron. And um, it's just, it's opening my eyes. <laughs> oh my gosh, no, don't let it open your eyes. Byron <laughs> Bay has like a specific, very specific reputation. It is not a sample of the entire Australian populace. <laughs> I will not be, okay, we can be held slightly accountable. It's like Australia, like, you know, like there's this one kind of culture, like the surf culture, hippie culture. It's yeah. Like, still illegal to smoke weed in Australia but everyone knows Byron is the weed capital of Australia that kind of vibe <laughs> yeah well I mean it, it honestly it sounds very it's like very similar to like our southern California although like <laughs> I love you know, so... helping me to separate not the California I'm in Melanie <laughs> southern California yeah yeah no this is the uh, Jessica Parra's <laughs> California this is her version actually I think Sarah lives in Southern California too. oh really so you're gonna see a Byron Bay come in on the show we gobbled up that show Melanie you're gonna like I'm so glad I mean Australian TV making an appearance and an impact <laughs> I'm here for it I'm not sure if I'm here for um being categorized with the Byron Bay folk but <laughs> Byron Bay, it's a lifestyle, Melanie. And that's just what we know. It's, it's a lifestyle. Yeah. I love yeah. it. So I did want to mention this week, we had not one, but two of our guests hit the New York Times bestseller list. Crazy. Absolutely amazing but I I honestly it makes sense I'm yeah. re like I read the first chapter of witchlings so good the cover the the story Clarabelle just in general makes total sense yeah uh, and then I'm reading Hotel Magnifique right now so good it's so good Melanie yes shout out to them and you're right it's not really a surprise is it when you talk to them and their work the beauty of their words it's not really a surprise I feel like we're gonna have a few New York Times bestsellers on the pod I just wanted to shout them out majorly proud not that I had anything to do with it. we'll just take credit we'll take credit for this I feel we'll take credit they were on the show so very excited for them yeah no the, it's so cool it's so exciting to see people that you've talked to living their dream you know it's just amazing totally and it's it's us too we are living our dreams too on this podcast <laughs> we, we are we are on this week if you didn't already see our new branding of the publishing persuasion has a beautiful bright green logo so i love it you you killed it with it it makes me so happy every time i see it and just all the little like little artwork in the background and you know like the little pop of goose and our, our youtube icon like it's all just so perfectly us so you killed it melanie oh i was honestly bricking it like quite a lot 
when I had, I was like, I'll just have a little play, you know, no pressure. And you start to have a little pray, play and suddenly shit gets real. And I'm like, okay, no, I'm actually liking how it's looking. Cause I was originally thinking I would like, cause it's our one year podversary. <laughs> We've been Congratulations. Doing- Congratulations. Can you believe it's been a year? No, I cannot. I literally cannot. It's the, it's wild. It's been a wonderful year. Thank you to all our listeners for supporting us and all the love you've shown us and for liking my icon. (laughs) I was afraid, you know, like suddenly when you put it as a thing, you're like, damn, like now this is our, and I know I did the other one, but I kind of just threw that together in like under an hour, just so we had something, you know, the first one, whereas this one, I was like, this is our podcast baby and it must be (laughs) good. So I'm so glad that you liked it. Happy podcast. I love it. It's so cute. I I love it to bits. Thank you for that. I love you to bits. (laughs) I love you to bits and your troll earrings. (laughs) I've got the trolls in today. Well, this is how I looked when I woke up this morning. So (laughs) I was just going to say, it reminds me of what you, you messaged me. Like I got to get my troll ass into the shower. (laughs) You know, when you have like, you know, there's nights when you sleep and you wake up and you could kind of just like go for a walk and you look okay. It was not one of those nights. I I woke up and I'd had like a sweaty sleep. And that's why I said, I have to get my troll ass in the shower because I just felt, oh, my hair was like nasty. It's <laughs> a great sleep, but yeah, it's just all <laughs> trollish. Yeah. Those are the best sleeps. That's when you know you slept well. It was a great sleep. You're right. 100%. Your pillow is just like wet with the dribble of like your great dream. That sounds sounds very X-rated, but it's not. (laughs) Moving on. The other thing I wanted to mention is very exciting. We are coming up on agent season on our podcast starting with your incredible agent Larissa who we have booked for the end of this month Mm -hmm. yeah so we'll have to put out a question for our listeners see if they have any questions they'd like to ask a literary agent I mean and Larissa is just a wise person like she and she's so kind and humble and very gentle with her words thank thank the lord and so i just know (laughs) i just know she's gonna have so many good things to say and um you know just the insider information and so yeah we are um again thanks to our momager jessica para we have some other we have one other agent for sure lined up and we're lining up a few more So I'm very excited about this because I love, I love like, like listening to agents point of view and, you know, like I will listen to anything an agent has to say just because it's, it's so interesting. It's so interesting. And it's so loaded with information. Like, I feel like whenever 
And I don't know that there is that much available still. It's like becoming maybe post-COVID, it's becoming more popular for agents to come on podcasts and stuff like that. I feel like pre-pitch was when I would Google agents, I could never find, there was one or two who were on it. They were like YouTube, whatever. But I think like there is like, it's what people want to hear in the writing world. And and you, it's like you say, usually agents are a font of wisdom. <laughs> So I'm so excited to have them on and I, you, we share a brain because I literally have in notes fewer questions, question mark. <laughs> so you plucked it out of my brain as I knew you would. So yeah, please send us your questions. I'll throw up a question box before we have Larissa on and yeah, ask us your nitty gritty questions because we're going to have the brains to answer it for once. <laughs> Heck yes. I can't wait. I mean, I'm sure I'll be like a nervous wreck no, just because, no. right. You know, it's like a, I don't know, just one of those things where I'm just, I know I'll probably say something to embarrass myself, but it's okay. It's okay. I was feeling like that too. And then I pep talked the fuck out of myself. So I am ready. <laughs> daunting to finally talk to like these like I'm just gonna say almost like godlike figures behind the writing scenes yeah it's daunting for us who are still like in the early stages of our career and whatever but you know what they've all come from the same place as us just with this burning passion for words and writing and we're just gonna do the same thing as always and just just listen and learn and you know learn a bit more yeah. about this publishing journey and I'm going to want to pick her brain about her love for you oh. <laughs> I am sure she's gonna have I was just thinking when you're saying she's so kind and so lovely and I was just like of course she is because she picked you and she picked your book and only a person who is epic well I mean other people would want it but only an epic <laughs> person would deserve it <laughs> yes I love that thank you Melanie no and she it's really cool because um one of her other one of my agents agency sisters or agent sisters or siblings um she started like a discord group with all of Larissa's um clients love that and yeah it's really cool I I'm sure all of them you know give or take you know sometimes whatever but um and the whole time it's just everybody being like isn't Larissa great isn't Larissa amazing? So it's cool to see, you know, it's not just me. She is just a great person and agent. And the client list that she has is like bonkers. It's really cool. You know, it's to yeah. be amongst these authors that are just so talented. So, yeah. so I'm excited. I'm excited. We're going to, we get to pick her brain. Totally. And I find that the agents I have heard on interviews and stuff, they've always had this huge journey as well. I think agenting like writing is its own unique little beast that like everybody's had this really like, you know, what it's, what's the saying? Diamonds form under pressure. I feel right. like that's an agent, like I, the immense pressure they are under with everything, everything. <laughs> I, I think that that's why I'm so honored that they'll make the time to come on and answer our questions and laugh with us about <laughs> whatever we're laughing about that day, Byron Bay's. <laughs> but today we have 
We have an amazing author, our new best friend. Yes. For sure. Um, she didn't even know she was coming on and leaving with two new best friends, <laughs> but that just yeah. happened. <laughs> it did. It really did. No, we were lucky enough to have Sarah Hashim on the show. Um, and let me just go over her bio right now because she's just a baddie. Uh, Sarah Hashim is an American Egyptian writer from Southern California, where she spent many sunny days holed up indoors with a book. Sarah's love for fantasy and magical realms emerged during the two years her family lived in Egypt. When she isn't busy naming stray cats in her neighborhood after her favorite authors, should ask her about that. I wanted, I forgot. I know. <laughs> Darn it. Um, when she's not doing that, Sarah can be found buried under coffee ringed notebooks. I love that. She is currently pursuing her Juris Doctor degree as well as the perfect banana bread recipe. Sarah's debut mo novel, The Jassad Air, releases in 2023. So Ladies and gentlemen, we have the Sarah on the show today. Yes. And you are not even ready for the fire she is about to bring. So strap in, listeners. <laughs> I don't know why it got so sexual. <laughs> but yes. We're going to get cancelled. <laughs> yeah. Let's get yeah, she her is. on because she's here. I'm excited. Hello, Sarah. Hi. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah, we were just talking about Jessica Parra, and she was the main one that was like, you have to have Sarah on the show. She is a firecracker. And so immediately I was like, okay, let's go. And that's when I I, I slide into your uh I think it was it TikTok. I slide, I slid into your DMs. TikTok. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I love Jessica so much. She is the sweetest. Meeting her is like one of the top things that happened to Pitchores, and it happened almost like six months after Pitchores really? ended. Yeah, it was just when I was uh, signing with my agent, and she wasn't even on the client list that my agent sent me, but I knew she was repped by her. Um, so I reached out to her, and she was just amazing she was also a former lawyer and I'm in law school so it was just perfect no oh, I love that well in our little group chat we call her our mummager because <laughs> she's like our low-key publicist manager and actually it was her idea she was watching I, I used to do this little Friday check-in thing it was just like a little video on Instagram like hi this is what's happening in my writing world and she was like have you ever thought of doing a podcast I was like what no no I'm an anxious person I can't have a podcast <laughs> so she saw something and so we are happy to have on any guest any friend of hers is a friend of mine <laughs> so welcome thank you and yes she is a strategist she's constantly telling me to do things <laughs> that I probably wouldn't do uh, on my own so I always need someone like that you do. You do. That's what I love about like the writing community in general and people like Para because it's like they push you on yeah. and, you know, like they know all these different things and they're just helping you boost um, your story and your work and who you are. And so it's just the writing community is just the best for sure. 
And I'm just really? like, love that kind of, you know, there's this kind of stereotypical bitchy girlfriends, which has come from somewhere, that trope, you know? <laughs> but I just love that in our community, there are these people just like looking for ways to make each other shine. And she's so one of those people. And, and yeah, like you said, pushing us to do things that aren't always completely comfortable, but when you do it, you're like, oh yeah, I love this. Like this is a part of me. <laughs> right. Yes. And there's, I mean, I have a whole ton of opinions about why it's so much harder for people who are very like confident in certain aspects of their life to suddenly lose all of that when it comes to their publishing career and like their writing life. I definitely have opinions about that. The thing I love about her is she is as confident in both. Yes. So, rare thing. Yeah. So yeah. shout out to our girl, Para. There's a lot of love for you on the pod here. But yeah. So tell us a little bit about yourself. It's completely cloudy today. So I look a little vampiric, but it's because there's no oh, You look gorgeous. Thank you. But it's, there's not a drop of the whole week. It's been sunny. And today it's like, you know what? I'm tired of that. No more today. Um, but about myself. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I am a fantasy author, an adult fantasy author, and I am also a second year law student. I go to school in Northern California, which is why it's so cloudy. It's not cloudy in Southern California. <laughs> um, just say that. And <laughs> I have a degree in psychology and a minor in English that honestly, the only thing that I really benefited, benefited from was taking a Gothic literature class. That was amazing. Other than that, too much Shakespeare, in my opinion. Um, and I am also Egyptian. That matters because it's very relevant in my writing. My debut fantasy is an Egyptian-inspired political fantasy. Um, and also most of the work I do is also has a lot of, brings in a lot of uh, aspects of being Egyptian. And uh, yeah, that's a little bit about me. I love, I love it. Yeah, it's fun. I'm in Northern California too. And so we're enjoying a little bit of the rain. So thank the stars for some rain. Um, now, can you tell us a little bit about your book? Congratulations, by the way. You? I mean, I'm so excited. Like I was reading all the, like your Goodreads, like the blurb on there. And I'm just like, yes, give it to me right now. Um, can you tell us what your book is about? Sure. So The Justice Heir is an Egyptian-inspired political fantasy about a fugitive queen who is presumed dead after her kingdom is destroyed. And she enters into a bargain with that kingdom's, the son of the person who destroyed that kingdom in order to secure her freedom um, as a Jessidee. And that bargain includes either her freedom against her own people's. So uh, she enters into the competition for that purpose. And so the story is really going into what do we owe to ourselves? What do we owe to our people? Even if, you know, it's something that you don't really, you're not familiar with because when she lost her kingdom, she was a kid. Um, and I felt like that would, it rings true for a lot of folks who feel a strong connection to where they're from, even though they might not have that much of like a lot of actual presence there or a lot of things that are physical ties, but it is where they are from. And so that's where um, the Jesuit air came from. Um, and it also happened, the idea came when I was living in Egypt. So I just took a couple of years for it to kind of marinate, get together. It sounds it happens. amazing. <laughs> I am so here for all of that. 
Yeah, that is amazing. So it was inspired. I mean, did the idea start when you were in Egypt and then slowly sort of morph into an entire story? Yes. I mean, I had pieces of it, you know, I, um, I had things that I liked writing about and I just didn't know how to put it all together. And when I was in Egypt, I was pretty young. I was 12, 13. Okay. Yeah. So it was, um, I was there for two years and around that time was Arab spring. And so Arab spring was a series of revolutions that happened across, uh, North Africa and the rest of the middle East. And I was, we were living in Egypt at that time because my parents had moved us there to be closer to their families and stuff. And so we were there when it happened and it just turned the whole world topsy-turvy. And so a lot of what was happening at that time is those are the pieces that I was trying to pull and get together and figure out why, what I wanted to write about from those pieces um, because I was there at that time. And then we went, we came back to the U.S., couple of like in 2011 so a couple of a while after it happened a little while wow. wow yeah that's it's I love when you can kind of pull from the heaviness of life and you know all the experiences we have in life and turn it into something you know that I think a lot of people will be able to relate to and and be excited about to read and see themselves in and so congratulations on your book Thank you. Also, uh, right back at you. Uh, (laughs) shout it out, my girl. Yeah, thanks. (laughs) Yes. It's exciting. We're if you're 2023, right? Debut. Yeah. Yeah. So of course we're going to be just in there together, just boosting each other, para two. It's going to be a fun year next year. Fun with a bunch of other words in it. Yeah, you're right. Do you thrive on the in like this? What's coming now? Does it stress you out, or are you excited for the events and the? What's your kind of favorite part and least favorite part? (laughs) So about debuting, yeah. My okay. So the most the most fun about debuting is I'm excited to get arcs. You know, practice my signature. I want to have a little creative idea. I've seen so many cool pre-order campaigns and like incentives, and it really it's making me think. Like, what could I do that's relevant to my book and also just to my personality? And so that's fun. I like kind of brainstorming like that. Uh, what I'm not looking forward to is the, the t- like. I feel like it all gets condensed into a brief couple of months right before you debut and so I just know that those months are going to be a whirlwind especially because I'm I'm taking the bar exam probably the same month I debut oh my gosh (laughs) you got this you no problem for you you got it under control and I'm convinced there is a thing about lawyer people becoming great writer people I'm convinced it's a thing the number of people I've heard that have done law and then writing as well yes I have noticed that (laughs) there's um, an author also with Orbit and she's also in her third year of law school not only is she taking the bar at the same time she debuts, she's also getting married at the same time. So <laughs> to that, mine is a breeze. Oh my gosh. I would need to be sedated. <laughs> Wake me up when it's over. Wake me up right. when it's done. We get to relax. Too much for one person. But you know what? People are wired differently. I'm realizing like, I mean, 
We know. I'm saying like, I realize like I'm realizing right now at 35. (laughs) I know, but it's like, it still just baffles me. These people who can do it all, you know, like they're just, and they thrive on it, you know, they thrive on it and hats off to them. We're not all trying to be like them though. (laughs) Some of us are self-caring. We're doing one thing at a time. I, I mean, I wish I had that energy. If I had it, like maybe a drop of what gets them through a day, I could probably accomplish what I needed to for a month. So, right. but it is, it is very cool. Like the people who can just pluck through all of that. I'm hoping to just do my, my chunk. Yes, my chunk. Just a smidgen, just a smidgen. Is this a standalone or, or is it a, a dual duology, uh, okay cool which I'm very grateful for because that's how I envisioned it I I would have been real bad (laughs) if it had stretched to stretch to a trilogy Uh, so duology was that's right that's the good like I'm finding I like duologies more than you know trilogies lately I don't know I think there's a thing there like two's good two's good you it gives you I think uh, an opportunity to get to know the world, get to know the characters and care about them. And so the reader can have a lot more fun with the second book and the writer can too. Although this is a big asterisk because everybody I talk to who's writing their sophomore <laughs> novels is miserable. Um, <laughs> the second book theoretically seems like it'd be easier to write because you don't have the whole world building pain to deal with. And so you can actually enjoy writing right from the start without like how do I weave in all of the magic and all of the well yeah all of it (laughs) it's a lot especially fantasy there's just so much world building you've got to put into this dang thing thing so a second book would just be like everybody knows it all we got the backstory like let's just hop on in and how fun is that exactly are you do you have book two already in mind are you working on it how is what's going on with you on that so book two, I have not worked, I haven't worked on it, but because of my personality type, I have come up with like a 12 page outline that hopefully <laughs> will, not be, will not be complete garbage, depending on the changes I made to my first, I made to my first book. Um, but I do have like a pretty wide idea of where I'm going with it. But I also, I'm a, what is it? What is, what's the plotter and panster hybrid planter? Planter, planter. that works that's what I am um yeah I had to know where I'm going and have like general scenes that I want to get through general ideas and character development arcs but the way I get there changes and I just go with how it changes yeah I love that well and I've been noticing like with book two although my my deal is not necessarily a, a sequel um but like the book two I had in mind compared to like my, how my edits have gone for book one, if this makes sense, like book two just wouldn't even make sense anymore, you know? So, you know, sometimes we hear the advice of like, start working on book two, you know, start writing it out. Um, but things change so much during revisions of book one. Yeah, exactly. uh, my book two would be, would literally be, like an entirely different story mm-hmm. so but yeah like I get I love the idea of like having an outline and like the plot points that you're wanting to get across for book two and just kind of being prepared for like 
that chaos. Yeah. And a lot of them are just random quotes too, because ah. I mean, that's, I, this is what I prefer to read and it's what I enjoy writing the most. And it's usually the characters, you know, it's characters, the voices, it's character driven. Um, and in fantasy, sometimes that's a tricky balance because you also have to make sure that the world building and the magic system and the plot is given its due. Um, but all of that for me develops around the character voices and their arcs. So it's not like they're not two separate things, but that's the one that's easiest for me to get versus trying to, you know, um, color in the world and figure all of that out and then get, get into the characters. So it blooms out for me. I love that. And it makes sense now, like on your TikTok, because a lot of, on <laughs> a lot of your, you know, like little clips of your TikToks are like the character voice and, and all like the villain and all this stuff. And it, each time it just makes me so excited to read your story. Cause I'm like, oh, this is going to be so good. <laughs> yeah. Not all of them are about my book. I'm always like, I put in the comments, if it's not about TJH, I'm like, it's not <laughs> because people will go <laughs> and they'll say it is. No, no, no. <laughs> for planning for the future for other books to come. Yes. Yes. I need I love that. to know, ladies, do I need to get on the TikTok? It sounds like there's a lot of cool people on TikTok. And I feel like I, I'm having major FOMO right now. <laughs> do I need a TikTok? I think so. I think so, Melanie. <laughs> now, Sarah is Melanie, Sarah is actually a star on TikTok. You are. You're a superstar on TikTok. I believe. And so. she is. She's got a following on there. So Melly, I think you need to join just so you can watch her videos. Very where, what's your TikTok handle? Is it a handle on TikTok? I don't I don't know. Same as all my other social media, as Hisham writes. Um, <laughs> however, mine are not nearly as funny as yours. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> always laugh when I watch hers every time. Like your expressions are amazing. Yeah, thanks. I've just given up on like trying to look cute at this point and I just go for it. So <laughs> but I think that's what people resonate with the authenticity of just you, not you trying to be someone is just the real Montoya. <laughs> She's out there. She is out there. <laughs> My favorite was when your crocs made an appearance in a reel. I hope that one went viral because it should. <laughs> <laughs> gotta love crocs you know <laughs> go back and look for that one <laughs> the dirty they're dirty crocs i don't know <laughs> yeah. so, so what has been the like the hardest part in writing um your books like what is the thing that challenges you the most when you're in the writing trenches hmm the thing that challenge me challenges me the most while I'm actively writing. So drafting instead of revising. Um, I would say that when I'm drafting, the thing that challenges me the most is usually tying together all of the plot threads. Mm -hmm. um, I will, I'll be in the middle of the book and I'll think, what if it would be so much better if I just did this? And it's such an insane, massive change. And then I have to stop myself and think through what would the actual consequences of this change be? And I realize it's not better than what I've got. It's just different. Um, and so that happens to me a lot. I will be halfway through a book. I'll be 75% of the way through. And I'll think this could have been so much better if I had just done this. And it's basically a different book, what I think of. Um, and so I would guess it's the, the doubt of the direction of that I'm going in, even though 
I know it's good. And when I finish it, I feel happy with it. But it's just constantly, I think, what if I had done this to make it better? What if I had added this, changed this? Um, and I think every writer goes through that. <laughs> Doubt is very common amongst our people. <laughs> and, totally. Yeah. So, it's such a note with me, like just being in the middle of it and suddenly questioning like your theme and like the character voice that you've chosen. And it's like suddenly you freeze up and you're like, would it have been the best book ever if I change it to this theme? And you're so right. Like sometimes it's not the answer to follow that though. It's like the shiny new idea. And and I think like literally for me, just sitting with it and not rushing into changing something majorly when you have the idea is like crucial. Otherwise I would have like 20 variations of the book with different main characters. Mm -hmm. I think that's why act two is so hard for me. And for a lot of folks, it's because when you get to that point, it's so critical that you keep pushing to the end because otherwise you could get stuck, have a bunch of different ideas that you think, okay, this is the one that I'm going to go for. This is the one I'll be able to finish. But it's the same thing. You're going to get to act two. You're going to get to that point. And suddenly the, what if I had just done it this way? Um, and that's part of the reason I love revisions more than drafting. It's if I, if that change is still in my head, then I know it's one that I want to make. Um, if it's faded, it was just something that I was trying to tell myself to slow down my writing at that point. I love that. No, it's true. Like you'll have those moments where you're in the shower and you're like, oh, that would be so good like or you wake up in a dream and you're thinking of this absurd idea you're like okay I have to change it all um but yeah taking the time to just slow it down and not go there it's like sometimes like it makes you got to do it and and I like that you mentioned that of just like not every really cool idea is the idea Exactly. And also what shampoo are you using that you guys get ideas in the shower? Because the only thing I hear in the shower is like the same TikTok song over and over again. It's the only thing I get in the shower. You know, the shower is a big one for me too. I'll be like running naked and dripping to the laptop and trying not to drip on the keys because I've had this idea. I think it's like I have a really mindful meditative shower kind of like I'm just the water flowing on me it's like that ancient samurai thing of like the waterfall <laughs> all right productive showers <laughs> I don't plan on it but it's just the nature of things when I'm trying to be like mindful and meditative and not overthinking these ideas are just like ah, ah, do this <laughs> and if you don't write it down immediately by the time you finish the shower it's it is gone fades with the steam yeah totally and sometimes maybe those ideas deserve to be gone. <laughs> Fair enough. That's Good. so true. It's like the dream ideas when you wake up and you've had this like epic book. And like when you've just gotten up from the dream, I'm like, this is the seller material. <laughs> and then later, if you look at it, you're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shamed by my own idea. Same with me, except it's right before I go to sleep. My brain is just kicking off all this nonsense. I'm putting it down on my notes app. Then I wake up and it's just the ravings of a mad woman. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I've seen plenty of TikToks on those where it's like, what's that sound like? And you're just like reading all the crap that you wrote. And you're like, oh, never mind. This is not what I was expecting. 
when I was thinking I was writing. Yeah. <laughs> I love How it. That writing life. <laughs> honestly, honestly, very hard to explain to someone who's not in it. Right? It's the truth though. It's very true. It's so hard to like, even just the excitement of getting a book deal or getting into pitch wars or all these different things you know, your family's excited, obviously, like, wow, that's great. But they don't understand necessarily all the toil and struggle and all, you know, all it takes to get to there. Right. And, you know, so there's just significance. Yeah. I think only a fellow writer can understand even a little bit how hard you're grinding in silence behind the posts that she put up like that is like a fraction of writing life and like it's usually something we're squeezing in between a million other things and that's what people kind of judge you on based on social media but like the actual depth behind each writing journey I'm just like I think only fellow writers can understand yeah and that's why Pitch Wars I mean was so amazing and why so many of these mentorship programs are wonderful they help connect you to people who are going to get excited with you and scream with you when these moments happen, um, that other people will be excited, but they're not going to get, you know, they're not going to get. Yeah. So yeah. Our class, Pitch Wars 2020 represent. I'm convinced that we were like the most powerful spirited class of all the years because that was the year that was that we won't even mention 2020. But tell us about how that was for you. Pitch Wars? It was, um, I mean, career changing. I didn't really talk to anybody before that. Any writers didn't know anybody. I had been, I did this thing that a lot of people do, which is I made Twitter when I was a teenager, tweeted some horrific things when I was young uh, about the Vampire Diaries that I then had to take out and tweet. And then I went back on it when I was an adult. And, you know, I, I was trying to get to know the writing community, but it's, it's hard um, because I feel like a lot of it is very, like when you're in it, you're in it. But when you're not, it just seems like you're observing from the outside. Um, and so nobody had really read my work except for a couple of friends and my sisters, aside from a couple of, aside from some other stories, but like those were teenagers <laughs> that I don't look at. But anyway, <laughs> so getting into pitch wars, I didn't think it was going to happen. Like I, I operate on a level where I think this is probably not going to happen. And it, is it seems pessimistic you always there's a saying in um in Arabic that's like a so expect the good um I tried to do that but I usually like I said I operate at a level of pessimism at all times so I didn't think I was going to get in um and when I did I was shrieking at the top of my lungs obviously my sisters were very excited because I that's the thing I explained to them multiple times what it was. And then I would always add, but I'm probably not going to get in. So when I did, they were excited with me and I just met so many cool people. I mean, the, it changed my social media presence. It changed what I learned, like the informational networks that I built, I think were also super critical because there's still so much now as a debuting author that I still don't understand about how so much of this works. And it's not that I don't have people to ask. It's that I don't even know what to ask mm. uh, until it's presented to me or I see something that, that brings a question to mind. And that's, it's an unfortunate thing that publishing is, is not very transparent. 
Um, and I think in a lot of ways it was, it was kind of built to be that way. Yeah. So you have to, to really try to really strive to meet people who, um, have been in it for a while or, or who just know how to gather that information and help you get the questions to ask. Because I mean, my agent and my editor are fantastic. I had a whole hour long meeting with my editor where she, it was basically just a Q and A. She told me, ask me whatever you want to ask. Um, and I did, and I learned so much, but then like a week later, I suddenly have 20 more questions, you know? I did not bother her with them. <laughs> just, <laughs> it was, it was stuff you ask your friends. But it, um, that was why I think Pitch Wars was so important for me. It really, it helped me learn so much that I needed to know. Um, and also just positioned me very well to kind of have an idea of my path in publishing, regardless of, you know, how far along that path I was or which direction it took. I just knew what it should look like or what I wanted it to look like. Yeah, no, I think that Pitch Wars was like that for me completely. It's, it's interesting because you see so many um, like blogs or YouTube videos or information about querying about, you know, how to get an agent. And then you kind of think, well, that's it. You know, like that's kind of all the information we're really given, yeah. we're offered. And so you're an expert at querying. You're an expert at the questions you're gonna ask an agent, but then you're kind of left with, okay, well, what the hell next? You know, what is submission really like? Because they don't really talk about it that much. What is it like to, you know, get a book deal, to go to auction, to do all these things, you know, this whole big process. And there's just not a lot of information out there. And so you do have to lean on, you know, your fellow writers, um, you know, your peers, because they're really the only ones that have gone through it and have the answers for you really it's yeah it's it's a, it's weird it's a weird and I'm, it's a very elusive kind of world we work in 100% and i wanted to come back that you said to that that you said um you think it might be on purpose almost what did you say that like it's it's like that and and i'm i don't know if it's on purpose but i'm convinced that like it is like almost a necessary part of the journey because if i think back to the start when i started writing if it just all opened up to me i would have no idea what to do with it you know and i wouldn't even be grateful for it i don't think i was thinking about it the other day and like you write a book and when you're very early on you just think it should get published you know but it's not yeah. like an entitlement thing of like you wrote a book and it deserves to get published like that's just often usually the start of your learning journey isn't it because like and I think like what I'm seeing is the people who just keep fighting for it are the ones writing beautiful the most beautiful things to me you know like and and we talk about Angela and I talk about this a lot about how different we are from when we started out and how the process has kind of created <laughs> this different thing, you know, out of us. Absolutely. <clears throat> no, I completely agree. Yeah. It's, that's why I, I thought I was, I had very mixed feelings about the fact that Pitchores is ending. I understand, but I also think it's a real loss of a resource for a lot of writers out there, especially at a time where I think they, they need that resource in that community because querying is super tough right now. Yeah, no, honest, yes. Just hearing the news that 
there wasn't going to be pitch wars in the movie was pretty devastating. And, and for this reason, because we all got to meet each other yeah. and because we all have this built-in community, you know, that is just so stinking special and it's hard to come by, you know, it's really hard to find authors or writers that are in the same sort of level as you, you know, like, not like writing wise, but I mean, just in your journeys, if that makes sense, you know? So um, I hope, I hope other things come up that are like this. I know author mentor match and there's, you know, different um, mentorships. I just hope that we find something else like this, where it's like this community of people that are like-minded and, and are, you know, fighters really. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Sure. Yes. I'm sure. Give it a couple of years. It's a, it's a space that will be filled. I'm, confident in that uh, maybe at a time when publishing isn't moving around quite so yeah. much yeah <laughs> yeah fair but no it is sad and I'm just so grateful always for because it's like you said it's it is life-changing like before pitch wars I had a few writing friends but it was different like the kind of like support it's really like our writing family isn't it like you just you feel like they've got your back and the confirmation of having those people behind you and supporting you, it's second to nothing. Like, yeah, our community. So yeah, hopefully something does fill it because I think, you know, there's a reason that when you ask 99% of Pitch Wars mentees, what was the best thing about it? Like usually the answer is community the community because the publishing side of things is so unpredictable you might get an agent you might not you might get a book deal you might not but what is like without fail tried and true is that community and if you have that fire spirit to just keep going those people have got your back you know like <laughs> yes absolutely I mean my mentors um Kat Enright and Kaylin Josephson they guided me through so much including the way I got my book deal and my agent are not the most they're they're a little unusual circumstances um and essentially I had an offer from an editor before my agent and so oh, wow. they were counseling me through all of it because I just I didn't know what acquisitions meant <laughs> I didn't know what second reads yeah. meant I didn't know what I knew zilch um and so many frantic texts were sent <laughs> I am yeah. grateful for both of them. I could only imagine. Now, what what advice would you offer young or new writers, people that are just starting to get their feet wet in this wild world? I would tell them to block out the noise. Um, there is always always an opinion out there about some aspect of what genre is doing super well, what genre is going to do well, what age category does well, what trope is coming back and what's out of style. Um, you know, publishing is going down the drain. There's always stuff like that constantly. And if you let yourself listen to all of this, you're going to find yourself trying to write a book that'll please everyone. That'll be exactly what the market wants and also true to yourself and also true to like plenty of agents tastes. It's impossible. It's truly impossible and it's incredibly discouraging. And soon enough, you, you just won't write at all. So I would say block out the noise. I heard so, so many opinions that adult fantasy was so hard to break into and it was kind of, it was a declining genre and age category. 
and I was better off writing something else. And that is not what you want to hear when you're a querying writer. It's not like, who does it help? Yeah. Um, oh, I'm just so fired about what you're saying right <laughs> now. Reach. <laughs> I, that's the only thing I would say, like, just block out the noise. If people believe that, then they can write whatever they want to write. It's that's the beauty of the market. Do whatever you want, put out, whatever you want to put out. But the point here is that the unique thing about this is this is your craft. This is your product in a sense. Yes but also your art. And so if you try to make it more of a product um, than art, you're, you're not going to last very long. You're going to get burned out and it's just going to be all noise, no thoughts. <laughs> it's not, but that's really what it seems like to me sometimes. It's just so much noise. You can't hear yourself think. Seriously. I'm just like, sorry, go. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, that's it. Like that. Yes. Yes. Mic drop. <laughs> I'm just like sitting here on fire like that is that's going to be a reel on our podcast late on our page later because that was just the fire and that word that you like who does it help saying that that's what's running through my head every time these freaking haters get online and spew their hate I'm like who are you helping by saying this you're just like it's already hard when they spew this like venom or whatever it is fear I think it's fear actually my husband said something the other day that he heard on a reel somewhere and it was like a hero and a villain always have the same past which is pain but a villain turns it into I want everyone to feel my pain and a hero turns it into I never want anyone to feel that and it's so powerful. I'm just like, I can't believe I remembered it. <laughs> well, probably because that's, it's powerful. And that's like how I op want to operate in this industry because we've all encountered both the ones who make you feel like you can never reach it. And the ones who are just like, no, baby, just keep doing this, 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 look at this, look at this. And just like uplifting you and cheering you on. And that's what I'm here for because it's hard enough you know? <laughs> yes, absolutely. I a hundred percent agree. And it's another reason having information networks is so helpful because they can help you kind of weed out what advice is useful and what is just noise. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So much noise. Wow. So good. <laughs> that was good. Thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. Mic drop, take a bow. Like that was it right there. It's, it's the truth. It's the honest to God, like goodness, truth. Like there's so much noise and just about everything, just all, just so much distraction, so much noise, just, just, it's just constant. And so like that advice right there is something I'm going to take to heart yeah. because I mean, how many times a day, instead of doing what you actually should probably be doing, are you pulling your phone up and like just putting, you know, just putting that noise back into you, you know, like it's a problem I work, I'm struggling with. So. <laughs> Step one was not going on Twitter much anymore because it does tend to have like, it just depends on the day, doesn't it? Like you could go on Twitter and you could be like, yay, writing world. But like, it's very like, <laughs> You, it could be the other way. You could feel like just teared down by the Twitter community. 
Oh yeah. No, I sprint through Twitter now. I like oh <laughs> something really quick and then I'm out. I'm I out. love that. I'm gonna sprint through Twitter from now on too. Just like blurring scenery passing by <laughs> like my friends shit and then zoom away. Yeah. Well, I see we're running out of time. It has been a true joy to have you on. And we're just wishing you all the best with everything and yeah, I can't believe the time has just evaporated. I should have known any friend of Tara is a friend of mine. So thank you for making the time today. Well, of course. Thank you both for having me on. I had so much fun. Yes. Well, and we're, we're going to definitely have you back next year when your book comes out. That'll be interesting. Well, back is where at. Yay. Exciting. Very yeah. exciting. And if it doesn't cut us off, where can our listeners find you? Uh, I'm on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram under Rights. Same username. Perfect. So everybody go forth. I'm going to be looking up your TikTok now. I think I'm just going to have to take the plunge and make a TikTok. <laughs>